0: In the beginning, the universe was created. This has made a lot of people very angry and has been widely regarded
1: as a bad move. This
2: This show will attempt to find the good, the bad, and the weird, and convey them in a seriously irreverent way. Get ready, adventurer, and,
1: as always, we apologize for the inconvenience.
3: I'm Steven. I'm Aaron. And I'm John. All right, well, we are very honored to have in studio with us today a couple of... Um... Uh, let's just say, very successful individuals that um, uh, participated in a pretty cool event today. I'll go ahead and let you guys kick it off and introduce yourselves.
1: Yeah. Well, hello. I'm Dr. Shanna Teal of Dr. Shanna Teal & Company. Um, Essentially, what I do is I'm a psychologist, but not your traditional psychologist, not a come-lay-on-the-couch kind of psychologist. I'm the kind of psychologist where I go into businesses and help businesses and leaders be better, treat their employees better. And basically, not be such jackasses sometimes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nice, like your goal. (laughs) And I am Joe Jacoby. I am an Olympic gold medalist in the sport of whitewater canoe slalom, which today takes on a new meaning here in Oklahoma City. Right? I mean, whitewater is now a part here. (laughs) It is here. I I like to say that I spent six and a half years explaining what whitewater might be like, feel like. And uh, my late friend, Jim Chandler, used to say, before you have one of these facilities, it's like trying to explain uh, what an elephant looks like to people who've never seen an elephant before. That sounds
3: exactly right. (laughs) And
0: that's part of the landscape now, which is very exciting for this community. And so I actually am a performance coach and performance consultant, and I take my 40 years of experience as an athlete, a coach and a CEO from in whitewater canoe and kayaking and apply that to strategies for performing and working and living better.
3: So what brought the two of you together?
1: Yeah. Fate, I Fate. think, brought Joe and I, like I together. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I do believe Joe and I's introduction was very much a serendipitous thing. So we were introduced um, by Tracy at Bumbershoot PR, okay. um, and she's a friend of all of ours. And
3: She's so really good at that, at getting the right people is, together yes. in the in the right place.
1: Yes, and she will say exactly the same thing, that that is her number one yeah. talent, and we are the beneficiaries of Indeed. Tracy's talent, for sure. So Indeed. she hooked us up, and knowing that we had similar interests, similar backgrounds related to performance coaching and working with executives and um, knowing that I a big part of my work now, it's not just working with leaders to be just better leaders. It's really pushing the conversation together about health and leadership. We tend to have those conversations in two separate places. Now we're trying to push that together. And Joe has become my partner in crime in doing that. And with that, we get to use the whitewater as part of the experience and create a real um, live leadership lab on the water. Um, the one thing we know for sure is that adults learn best while being active and engaged. We don't learn very well by sitting in front of a bunch of powerpoints,
3: like it's not best to just throw you onto a room and an uncomfortable chair, just stare at a wall for a while right, while somebody's exactly. talking.
1: exactly. It's the worst kind of learning uh-huh. environment. It's really it doesn't work for our brains and for our bodies for a very long period of time. So, I get to partner with Joe and we get to take our group of folks, um, on Friday onto the water as part of our leadership wellness health event. That
3: was exciting.
1: Yeah, it's really, really well, exciting.
0: Just, you know, the fact that we can do this now here in downtown Oklahoma city is amazing. It is amazing. Yeah. And being able to take, uh, Shanna's I- ideas, concepts or strategies and put them into play in a very experiential way getting onto whitewater something that people would just never imagine in a million years they would be doing it so not only is are it are these ideas transmitting on a on a very physical level my gosh whoever forgets (laughs) <laughs> like the first time that they have a Whitewater experience <laughs> and no less yeah. that being in downtown Oklahoma City. Yeah. So the likelihood, I think it's one of the big things with these programs. It's There's a lot of information coming from a lot of different people. So I think for us and... We are, Shanna and I are so cut from the same cloth. I think the thing that probably spooked me the most when we met because she is so easy to talk to and was just like having been here for five, in Oklahoma City for five years in a place where you guys know it's so easy to meet people. And I'm like, how have I not met you before? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and she is so, we, so we are very like-minded. But in this space where everyone is saying, I can do this for you and I can do that for you, it is like the information is just passing through you. But when you can bring in an activity that really kind of sticks to your to your bones, so to speak, like Whitewater,
3: this stuff is really going to work for you for a long time. I've gotten to go Whitewater rafting uh, twice. Uh, me and him Whitewater rafted um Clear Creek Canyon in Colorado. Absolutely. Coming down right out of I right seventy mountains, mountains, into the front range and then um
2: we it was did, the Arkansas
3: River. And, we did the Arkansas River down in Buena Vista. And the Vista. Arkansas Valley, and that was an amazing event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when I moved back to Oklahoma, I thought, I will never get a chance to go whitewater <laughs> rafting again. <laughs> and here you go.
0: <laughs> well, so what's really interesting, so when you guys were in Buena Vista, what did you guys do? The Browns Canyon section yes. of, uh, yes. of of the river?
3: Yeah, where you, they, they'll they stop the raft, and then you get to jump off Yeah, some cliffs We took a, a cliff, couple cliff of and we were wearing oh. wetsuits, and. Helmets it was all that good stuff.
0: So what's really kind of interesting about the experience, and so Shannon and I, could we could go to Colorado and we could run this event on a natural river, right? Mm-hmm. And you guys know, and I think for people who've been rafting on that section, but you'll get a good rapid and then there'll be a long stretch of flat yes, water. Yep. And there'll be a good rapid and a long stretch of flat water. What is so cool about our rapids here in Oklahoma City <laughs> They don't stop. It's just one stretch
3: of rapids. You are continuously (laughs) flowing downhill from the
0: top pond to the lower pond. And the reason that is so valuable to us in the context of skill development and and really practicing them in a very real and physical way is that if you get off course, so to speak, and by the way, who doesn't get off course in life, Uh, right? (laughs) It's not like the th- things aren't going well for the Thunder, and the team gets to call timeout, and you, you can't stop the river. You can't stop the momentum right. of life. Mm-hmm. You've got to keep working, plan A to plan B to plan C to plan D. So, like, that is and one. And there's also
3: on this boat, there's several of you on the boat, right?
0: Right. At Absolutely. least four,
3: maybe?
1: Four to six,
0: maybe. Four to six. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Think, uh, right. So There's
0: other people with you. right. So, you want to bring, mm-hmm. just like in life, you've got to bring your best self to the equation that you put yourself in with the others, any kind of relationships, right? It's so easy to just jump in to where are the negative relationships in my life and how can I kind of push those out? Whereas we like to approach it from how are you taking care of yourself first? How are you expanding
3: your own capacity? Is this the health perspective then?
1: Well, it's all of it, yeah. So, you know, the way we define health is... I think when you say health to people, the first thing that comes to mind is what?
3: Diet. Diet. What are you eating? Diet and exercise. The first thing that comes to mind now is just, I've been, there's this little quiz here that we might read some of later, but (laughs) I just, the thing that comes to mind for me now is I've turned 40 this year and I've tried to do healthy things. When I hear the health, the the word health now, I just feel confused.
1: Absolutely. Because I've read
3: so many things and been told to do so many things and I don't know. How to start or what path I should take. You know,
1: and you are exactly like everybody else out there. I think because one, we all we're all intelligent people. We all know we need to be healthier, right? And we all in our professional lives all want to keep growing and getting better. So our program and our conversation is pushing those two things together together and Creating a place, Erin, for people to start, um, and it's not not some complicated program. Uh, we really are about giving small, meaningful things that you can begin to chip away at. Uh, it's kind of like you know, if you haven't been to the gym for a long time, it's super intimidating to it go is. into a gym. Mm-hmm. I'd say that's the same thing about people in the health conversation right now. People are intimidated by it, and you go online or you read the newspaper. Even this morning, as I was reading some things to prepare here, I found four different. Different conflicting pieces of information mm-hmm. about one of our little questions on the quiz and we can talk about that later if we want to uh, but there's so much conflicting information so what we are doing is we're creating a space we're creating a community this is an inaugural event in Oklahoma City we're also going to be doing other events in San Diego and in Denver starting next year and these are all going cool. to to be favorite cities? events yes. What's that? These
3: are all lead well events. All lead well events. Okay. Yes,
1: yeah, spread out across the nation. We're picking San Diego and Denver because I have connections there. I used to live
3: there. those are great cities. I used to I lived in yeah. Denver for 10 years and I would visit San Diego almost every year.
1: Yeah, they're just such great cities. Um so we want th- this idea of lead well. Lead doesn't have to mean you're in a leadership position. It means you want to lead your life in a better way. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we want to invite <laughs> lead leaders my life well. Right. Well, we want to invite leaders, of course, business leaders, community leaders, but we also want to invite ambitious, achieving professionals like yourself, right, that just want to get better, find small things to do to help manage your health. And again, health isn't just diet and exercise. Mm-hmm. We really look at all of health. So health is very much the physical as well as the cognitive, the emotional, the social, the relational.
3: It's a holistic approach.
1: Absolutely. The financial and the spiritual. And we're not afraid to say spiritual
3: in yeah. Oklahoma
1: anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Good.
3: <laughs> and you're right. Because we know it's part of health, right? Right, it is. It totally right. is. Well, I think on, on your website you, you use the phrase connect the dots.
1: Yes, absolutely. And yeah. uh,
3: So that's kind of the approach of hitting all of those facets and that they all work Together, you know, one yeah. helps the other.
1: Absolutely. And we try to do it from a smart place, right? Because we are we want to inform people about your brain, but we're not going to give you some heady academic discussion about your brain. We want to inform you about things you can do for your nutrition, but we're not going to bore you with a bunch of facts about how many carbohydrates you really should eat on a day-to-day basis. We want to give you tools to really help you get back into your body, reconnected to your health. Uh, one of the things we really believe in is bio individuality. So, if we look at everybody's health system, we look at your environment of your body uniquely. You know, there are some things that cut across all three of you guys, four of you guys, um, across all of us. And then there are some things that would be very specific to you, for example, Mm -hmm. John. And so we really try to um, meet everybody's needs in that way and provide education that's That's not confusing, right? It's accessible, it's fun, it's smart. And we like to have fun and we like to laugh and we like to talk about things like Digestion and how that impacts your right. overall health and your immune system. You can imagine it gets a little <laughs> raucous when you get a bunch of people in the room talking about their digestive well, health. Let's talk health. Yeah, about your the, little
3: quiz the here in conversation. <laughs> Question five on this legal well quiz is how many times a day should you poop? Yeah. Well, yeah there you go. Do
1: you guys know the answer?
3: Um, I, I want to say two.
1: Okay. All right. Steven, you want to weigh in?
2: <laughs> um, I'll go to the edge and say Five.
1: Ooh, okay. <laughs> it's a
2: lot of no, time in the bathroom. No, no real reason why. Just that may also depend on what happened the night before
3: and then how much <laughs> coffee I've had in the morning. Oh no, right. Let's now. go with yeah, let's go with two.
1: Okay. All right. <laughs> Joe, you wanna weigh in? This uh, is not how many times do you actually it is?
0: Yeah, I know I understand. In theory. I'm I'm gonna take the uh Remember that game show, The Price Is Right. Yeah. I'm one One poop. <laughs> one poop. I'm taking right. the Price Is Right strategy. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, this is one of those questions. If you look up online, and you know, I think the poop conversation is a funny conversation. Sure. It's a very strange conversation for me to have. By the way, I grew up with a southern grandmother, who we did not talk about these things. The F word in her house was not the F word you would typically think. We weren't allowed to talk about passing gas in oh, wow. the very traditional word of that. Um, <laughs> so this is my own evolution as a person to be able to talk about this. But as I and and that's being funny, but all seriousness, sure. our gut health and the way we're digesting food, the way we're getting rid of waste and toxins in our body is the most important piece when it comes to our health. And so how many times? The range, if you look up at the research, it's about one to three times a day. Um, And it will vary for people, but absolutely one time a day. If you're not going every day, (laughs) what's happening is you're holding on to tons of toxins, tons of waste. And then the downstream impact of that is really bad for everything from our gut to our skin to... Potential downstream effects of autoimmune disorders and all kinds of stuff. So it's a big deal.
3: We have a friend that uh, has great conversations about poop transplants. Oh, yes. That's part of the area that, that she studied. Yeah. And uh, there's diseases where you, know, you a person might require the poop from somebody else to get yeah, the good absolutely. bacteria in their digestive tract back and correct working order. Absolutely,
1: right. And we are, you know, we're in a place and one of the foundations of our program is, yes, we do, on the physical aspect of health, we do start to dive into people's diet and nutrition mm. because food food nowadays is either our medicine or our poison. And so we wouldn't need to be talking about this idea of a poop transplant, right. if you will, right. if we were getting the right nutrients from our food and we're just not.
3: Well, that goes to another question. Um, Why do we have cravings when we are stressed? Mm. question nine on this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Why is that?
1: Well, we have cravings um, when we're stressed, typically because they're, first of all, cravings are not all bad. I think that's one of the first myths we have to dispel. If we have a craving, you know, some people will say they have a daily craving for chocolate. Um, when we have cravings, it's usually because we're deficient in some minerals in our body. When we're stressed, we're trying to counteract the that stress by having something good. And usually foods that we crave when we're stressed are? High fat. High fat. High sodium. High sodium. High sugar. sugar. Right. Yeah. The reason we crave that is because there is a, when we eat those foods, it turns on the reward and pleasure centers in our brains. And so we already have a very old reward mechanism built into the animal brain to reward us when we are stressed. So naturally, when we're stressed, the body seeks always to find its own balance, its own homeostasis, so that's why we reach for those foods, because they feel good. Now, reaching for those foods one time when you're stressed, eh, not a big deal, we all do it. But when we, well, what happens is, because those reward centers are so incredibly powerful, we set ourselves up to keep wanting that over and sure. over and over. So, that's that, one of the reasons. That,
0: w- that was always the big thing for me, when I was working as a CEO for USA Canoe Kayak here in town. And, you know, I might try to start the day with a couple of good choices, but gosh, when it got off kilter, it was like, you, you inherently knew that the next bad choice was like right around the corner, and the next one, and the next yeah. one, yeah. and they just kind of, they you just they, like you string them together.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And the other thing when we're stressed is we're getting a big boost of cortisol, right? You guys all know that mm-hmm. that's our stress hormone, mm-hmm. and those hormones make us hungrier. So, and I've heard cortisol yeah. is what
3: helps you get these
1: oh yeah, what do you call bellies. that uh,
3: oh. spare tire, spare tire, <laughs> beer gut, love handles? Yeah,
1: exactly. Dad
3: bod. At, and actually my dad bod mine just appeared <laughs> like 2 years ago like I didn't have this 2 years ago right. like yeah. it's just all of a sudden yeah showing up as I've gotten older
1: yeah and it's just the cu- accumulation of you know hormones and things in your body that your body is no longer liking
3: and beer and then, whiskey
1: but yeah beer whiskey tacos all those <laughs> tacos. good things yeah but it is just that slow accumulation of that cortisol in our body. So it didn't just happen for two years. It feels like it did, but actually, it's, it's been a slow, gradual process. Um, and that that cortisol is very much affected uh, affects what we choose to eat as well. So anyway, so we it's kind of we set ourselves up in this really strange cycle. Um, we often think, oh, no, I hit 40. There goes my metabolism. Mm-hmm. You know, we're screwed. You know, I went to the dentist this week and I have a cavity and I thought, God, I turned 40 and that's <laughs> the first cavity I've had in 20 years yeah. and I'm probably mm-hmm. the healthiest I've
3: been. Does it make you feel life. like you have some kind of like sense of failure or something because you think, <laughs> God, no, you've got a cavity and I'm supposed to have a cavity at this age? Yeah. Well, Joe, you were saying that, that, you know, there comes a day like if you're really stressed that you make a bad decision and then... That seems to aid in the making of another bad decision. Yeah. And it just kind of builds on each other. And um, one of the things that I feel like your lead well quiz might get at is when you consistently make those bad decisions, you form bad habits. Yes. And those bad habits, I feel like the older you get, the more they pile up. And in order to achieve health, and I've, I've gone down many paths before of trying to get healthy again or improve mm-hmm. my health. And it seems like they always start with breaking a bad habit.
1: Yeah.
3: Got to break this bad habit. I, you know i think we a lot of times
0: especially when we when we're carrying stress and that's that's not uncommon that we intuitively inherently know kind of what the right answer is but we sort of make it very black or white this is the good way and this is the bad way and one of the things and i think one of the way you know i Told Shanna my story about this period of being really unhealthy in my life, and I, I didn't have the uh, I didn't have the luxury of having Shanna to kind of help walk me through this. I was just figuring this out very slowly. So I'm so lucky that I kind of this happened for me this way. She, I can tell her the story, and she can put all the science behind it. Why? You know why it worked, basically, which kind of comes back to that commonality. But when you are stressed, you tend to look at it that way. One of the things that I just tried to figure out is if you can just you take the cookie, eat half the cookie instead of the whole thing, okay. or maybe it's you know when you go to the restaurant, you know you you order what you eat, but you ask for half of it in a to go box to eat for later, and you ask the other half to bring it there, or you you just look for. OK, maybe I can't go running today, but um, if I think about how many times I'm going to walk the stairs at work instead of taking the elevator, that adds up to sort of enough to kind of keep, you know, keep the system running. You just start to look at that idea that one is greater than zero. Mm-hmm. And, and I think when, you re- when that idea begins to reinforce, you stop looking at it as it, I either did it right or I did it wrong. Yeah. We just look for these, the tiniest little victories. And then if you can repeat the little victories over and over and over again, you will you will notice change. And do it in a way. Don't make it a seven-day challenge or a 14. For me, it wasn't that. It was just don't even think about a finish line. But just think about just doing it because you keep going with it. And then you kind of begin to believe it. And I think once you believe it, it's
2: Yeah, that's actually exactly something occurred to me. Most success I've had recently in anything like this has been that small thing and specifically here at work. It's like the difference in, well, actually, if I take the stairwell, it's actually a little closer to and from Mm -hmm. my office in terms of like traveling through the building. And so I was realized I was almost walking a little further to get to the elevator to have that easy access as opposed to just popping in the door.
1: Interesting. Yeah.
2: And I was recently on a trip. Um, some people that were talking about some more modern and building designs and building buildings that are designed to facilitate things like this. And one of the, the common themes over the years has been elevators were put in centralized open locations. You walk into a big building, the first thing you see is the elevators. And so now some of these architects have taken this idea that, well, why don't we put the stairwell in front of the elevator, make it something cool, make it part of That's the lobby, really part cool. of the structure. So you have to walk past the stairwell to get to the elevator. Uh, Absolutely. So that way it's encouraging people like, oh, yeah, the stairs are right here. I'll just go ahead and take them.
1: That's really cool. Because like a building cool. like yeah. this, you
2: walk in off the east side, the first thing you see is the elevator. You walk in from the south, the first thing you see is the elevator. And the the stairs are tucked back in a door with no sign on them. And so you don't even know where to go if you wanted to take the stairs. Versus-
1: Absolutely. How cool would it's that so be? so cool.
0: Designing, designing buildings or you reverse the location of stairs mm-hmm. and elevators. That's really yeah.
1: cool. Yeah. yeah. I think it speaks to a little bit about, I think, you know, we are, you know, this is a, complicated issue right like on one hand we all know we need to be healthier we also right next to that is that we like to have fun we like to feel good like we are animals that are driven by Mm -hmm. pleasure so we can't look at health like oh take away all the pleasure you know it's why we break diets it's why we don't keep our new year's resolutions is because we set ourselves up to be deprived we have to create a system of where we still build in pleasure, right? So that that's one point. And then I think about the stairwell issue. It's like we are in a culture now that is very much driven by convenience, right? So mm-hmm. it's more convenient, perhaps, um, to take the elevator. But in this case, it's more convenient to take the stairs, but if we think about our food choices, we're often making food choices very much just out of convenience versus out of what's actually nutritious for me right now or what would give me the best fuel to get through these next couple of hours, right? Um, and fuel. So anyway, so that, I mean, that's just one thought about the, the convenience yeah. aspect so that, of it.
3: There's a... Uh... There's an onion headline that came out recently. It said, "Man brings lunch to work every day to cut down on the small pleasures of life." Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Which I like that because I, you know I can see take take your lunch to work sometimes, go out to eat sometimes, but don't tell yourself you have to take your lunch to work every single day. Sometimes go right. out and have lunch with your coworkers
2: because you will um, fail.
1: You will, you will absolutely
2: will fail. fail. So
3: absolutely. I want to I want to know true or false. Pleasure and gratification are the same thing.
1: Mm. Do you guys want to answer it?
3: I have always felt like I've probably used those two interchangeably. Okay, all right. Um, Joe, what do you
1: think? Are pleasure and gratification the same?
3: No,
0: they the, they feel different to me. I gotta give a little thought to what what okay. what, what, the, what that difference is. That yeah, they okay. don't they don't feel like the feel like the same thing. I I think if I'm pursuing one, I pleasure I associate more with joy.
1: Okay.
0: Right, That's so I'm just kind mm-hmm. of. Shooting from the cuff here, but pleasure is kind of what I feel when I'm out on whitewater. uh uh-huh. very present. I'm really happy. Gratification, I guess, is just feels more like uh, maybe not it's without
3: awareness okay. almost. That's the way it feels to me. think okay. okay. Gratification right. might come at the end of work. Like you oh, work yeah. for gratif- well, like gratification is a saying. result of working
2: pleasure. Pleasure
3: is comes easily. Pleasure so, feels
2: more like it's joy. I'm getting from something that's not necessary. Whereas mm-hmm. gratification is a joy I'm getting from something that I feel is necessary and I've dedicated time oh, and energy fulfilling. to.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And this is an example yeah. that I was, I have a big garden in my backyard and I would say that, um, Gratification is when, like around noon, and I stop gardening and I stand back and I'm very pleased and happy that I've successfully grown this awesome garden. Joy is when I'm, you know, eating the food. Yeah. That I've harvested I've cooked.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think you all have are right. So they are different things, but we do tend to use them interchangeably. So Pleasure are those things that we need in life that are typically very driven by the senses, right? Like this cup of coffee I'm drinking right now, this Mm. is very much pleasurable, Mm -hmm. but it's also short term, right? Like this is not going to provide me fulfillment in an hour from now. Okay, I might still have a little caffeine buzz, (laughs) but you know it's really not going to give me long term um long term gains if you will so pleasure is more of that short term it's sensory and it often takes little skill and very little effort there's some effort there versus gratification is exactly what you've just said about the the garden mm-hmm. right it's not always pleasurable working in the garden right, right. but the result of it is and it's this idea that in life, we really do have to be one. We're going to naturally seek pleasure anyway. But many people can spend so much time just seeking pleasurable things. And then that becomes the end of their like road. Like a
3: hedonist or something. Absolutely.
1: Like, yeah. And we all are hedonists. You uh-huh. know that. But <laughs> well, Yeah, um, that is true. <laughs> yeah. So, But it's this very conscious way of also going, hey, we need both in life. So grad, what activities, and this is related to health, right? So what activities in my life am I doing that really do provide gratification. And those are usually the things that take a little bit more work, sometimes a little bit more skill, um, and definitely a little bit more effort. But they have longer term um, relations to joy and to what we might call longer term happiness, right? So, the the fruits of your garden, for Mm -hmm. example, that's gratification. And I think part of our health, the health definition that we're trying to get people regrounded in and thinking about health and redefining health is what are you doing along those lines of gratification? And that includes for a lot of people, their work, their, you know, their passions. Um, For me right now, it's writing a book, right? Like it's, it's the hardest thing I've ever done, but it's also the most gratifying just to get, Mm. whether it's, you know, 20 words down on paper a day or 2000 words down on paper, um, takes a lot of effort little bit of skill. I don't know that I'm that skilled at it. Um, but it is something that every day pays off. Um, sure. So does that make sense? Yeah,
3: absolutely. And so what,
1: what's the point and how is it related, I guess, would be a, you know, a way to think about this is that we have to, we're such a pleasure-driven society and that, that people begin to define health and their health behaviors related to is it pleasurable or not. And if it's not pleasurable, you know, forget about it. I'm not going to waste my time.
3: So one other thing that I think about is the like the reward center of the brain, like when you've made it through some rapids Yeah, or for sure. Once I get to experience it, finally, the, the rapids that are open here, that that sensation that I'm going to have once I'm off the boat and have made it through those rapids. I mean, that's that's a sensation I never would have thought I could experience in Oklahoma. Well, I know City. right now just driving by and seeing it like it doesn't really mean anything to me. But I know once I do those rapids that every time I drive by it. After having done it, I will look at it like, oh, there's the rapids. Like every just seeing it will kind of give some kind of gratification.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
3: Or just the anticipation of being on it again. Well, Well,
1: and in situations like that, when you're having those intense experiential, and I don't mean intense as in bad, but you're engaging all of your senses, what you're doing is you are creating a new pathway for learning and you're creating you're setting yourself up to actually rewire your brain which is exciting whenever you have those intense moments you're getting flooded with awesome chemicals in your brain and those awesome chemicals in and of themselves helps rewire a positive pathway so what you're saying is you drive by and you're going to still get that jolt if you will that you had on the river um it's it's very much the you know the pavlovian response in yes. <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> it, it, it you know for me it, i kind of break some of these activities into not so much by name but just by the act the feeling of the activities i, I like to run when i run sometimes i might like to think about what i want for dinner like I, running allows me that headspace to just sort of zone out a little bit. And chicken might be good.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> if you do that in whitewater, you might get hurt. <laughs> so, what I I bring that up because I think it's great to have an activity, some activities where you're just so deeply engaged in what you're doing. You're not thinking about what's for You're so present. You're right. so aware. Mm-hmm. And I think just the way you just <clears throat> said it, it is like. A guarantee that you're not going to be thinking about crappy things. Yeah. Right. You know, and the things that are dragging right. you down. You are going to be 100% present in what you do. So that. It, it is to me, some of the, it's not just white water, but we can just name it. That's an a very activity. Zen
2: philosophy right yeah, there. Right. Is right. Just and, fleeting thoughts. Don't, you know, you yeah. can't, you can't think about that upcoming thing too much. And once it's passed, you better move on to the But next in thing. whitewater,
0: water, I can frame it. If you do, you might get hurt. I mean, right. it, it's like, you, it's, it's not a hard activity to do. Like a lot of things, but if you're fully present when you do it, and sometimes there are certain activities that really just force you, whether you want to be or not. So you, Those that to me, that gap that you didn't spend just where you, you change the wiring. It's like you're, you're changing. That's exactly what I feel is happening. It's like, it's just a chance to sort of change the wiring again and again and again. I
2: would imagine similarly to what you were saying a second ago about the chemicals. If, if you do that enough and you, you, Your brain begins to learn that, oh, there are going to be these moments and situations where I need to be fully present. And so in some other part of your life where you enter, whether even if that's someplace in the work, you're walking into a really stressful meeting, you might be able to sort of tap into that same thing. Okay, I need to go in here, focus on this meeting, answer these questions, deal with it, and not let concerns about my kid's school day because something else or not let the concerns about is my car going to make it home because it was making a weird noise. You can focus on that task at hand and... I think I was, I was going to say yeah. one of my favorite things
0: to sort of to talk to Shanna about is that you do you want to be in a situation where you hope that happens or do you want to maybe learn some ways where you can practice that mm-hmm. because if right. you practice it and there it's not a hard thing to do to practice each day then you become more likely to execute in a uh an Almost in a way where you'll you you'll do that without even th- thinking right. about it, right? It's a, like anything;
3: it's a that's practice. interesting. It's yeah. a concept I would not have thought to associate with practicing.
1: Right, right. right. Well, and one of the things we like to do and train, which we're we're really taking a big stand on, is training these adults um, people just like yourselves on ha- on mindfulness techniques right there's a lot of research on mindfulness now i think it's even becoming very commonplace but training people off the water if you will on how to do that so that when they're on the water or they're in an intense situation they kick into that or right. even a less intense situation i have to have a tough meeting with my boss today could be intense i don't know Right, But kind of ac- accessing what you have learned away from the actual event itself. And so we can train this. We can train this by with some focusing techniques. We can train it with just quiet time techniques. We can train it with breathing. We can train it with meditation. But you don't have to sit and meditate for five minutes to get the benefit. There's lots of small techniques that we can begin to use. Um, and it creates a bit of a muscle memory so that during those times where yeah. we all Are in an intense situation like whitewater rafting, one that we're choosing to do. But sometimes, obviously, there are intense situations that we're not choosing. Um, We're better able to handle that because what we we, are—we're animals. At the end of the day, (laughs) right, right? Is Unappealing as that sounds to some people, it's we are animals, and so we it's like we have to learn to manage that fight, flight, or freeze response. And it is one of the biggest things that we all get hung up on, right? We freeze out of fear, um, or we run away out of fear. And I and it's a it could be very much a fear related to a day to day work environment situation, or it could be a real fear. Um, so, we're trying to just raise people's awareness about this and bring all these topics into one place. Uh, and what I love about partnering with Joe is that he brings this amazing background as a high performance athlete, as an Olympian. His worldview and the way he sees things um, is really aligned with my philosophy. You know, we come from two very different backgrounds, but yet show up with mm-hmm. a very similar philosophy. Um, and it just makes it a really cool, cool partnership.
3: It was a very cool partnership. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, yeah. This is what's cool, too, is that you're actually our, our, our third Olympic gold medal winner on our show. Okay, so I'm going <laughs> to guess who some of the others are. Yeah, were. you can totally guess the others so Bart. Yeah. So Bart
2: was one.
0: <laughs> and, Hang on. And, the other...
2: Should, don't I, stray too far. Should be kind of obvious.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Yeah. yeah, I kept thinking, I was thinking I was thinking you you US athletes, but uh that, that would make sense. But um
2: yeah, there's uh, the I've, other thing that's interesting to me, I was gonna jump back onto the, the river sport for a second, is I've heard a lot of people over the years as this was announced and as it was being built, a lot of people were kind of like, okay, this is really awesome. I love the fact that it's gonna be an Olympic training site and I I get it, it's great, but I don't really understand why we need this here. <laughs> like it doesn't like people were just like, Well, what is this gonna do for everyday folks? And it didn't Make occur it to better? me Well, <laughs> like you're saying, it's it could be one of those small things, like you don't have to be a training Olympic athlete to go take a benefit from the Whitewater. Like you don't even have to join a whitewater rafting team. You don't if you just went down there once a year and experienced it and and used it as one of your little victories to be more active, to give yourself a chance to mm-hmm. be mindful. And and it just made me start thinking about, oh, that, that opens even to me. Like I'd never considered being on any of these rowing teams that are down at the river so, or anything. Or, you know, even the biking trails that we're getting. Now we're getting all these little opportunities that are athletic type events, but you can take them in tiny little doses as a normal person mm. and reap the benefits Absolutely, of it. Absolutely,
0: yeah. One of the things that happens in the Olympic movement is, uh, for whatever reason, people like to sort of dumb down the the structure of high performance. So in the Olympic world, they like the shape of a pyramid, right? And if you think about a pyramid, and at the bottom of the pyramid is where you have your grassroots – welcome people in right now say the goal of the u.s olympic committee which it is is to win gold medals ideally at the mm-hmm. olympic games is to have as many gold medals as they can so the way they do that within the context of the pyramid shape is they try to get lots of people in at the base level see who likes it see who's good at it and what tends to happen is that they take the bottom of the pyramid and it begins to sort of squeeze together the ones that like oh i like this i might like to come back and try kayaking a second time So those people are sort of moving kind of closer and that then they begin to kind of get those people into the pipeline. And it begins to sort of create upwards pressure on the very top of the pyramid where your elite athletes are. So as those, as they get better and they start moving up that pipeline, the idea is that they're gonna begin to bump up against the very best athletes and either push them out
2: or or
0: it's gonna push the the top guys to do a little better and to sort of retain their position. And then there's one other interesting piece to kind of all of this. And that is some don't ever make it to the center and they just become like disgruntled, but motivated. And they just jump around the outside of the pyramid to the top. Hmm. But in the end of the day, it's still, the media, as far as the media goes, it's still a gold medal for the United States if they, if right. they do that, right? At the Olympic games. So if I put that model to the Boathouse District um, in Riversport. The elite part of what happens down there is like 1%. What is so cool about the Boathouse District and what Mike Knopp has has done down there, Oklahoma still polls very, very low in almost every health uh, um, survey that comes out. We're always at the bottom. Oklahoma City is, is doing better and better and better. But Oklahoma polls low. And so many of the activities down there was with the idea of engaging especially young people and families in the ideas of health. So it might be using the ideology of elite high-performance athletes, but most of what happens down there is very much targeted towards the bottom of the pyramid. That's the way you'll change health here in a place like Oklahoma. Mm
3: -hmm. Shanna
0: mentioned... S- spending time and living in San Diego it everybody works everyone <laughs> no. is it's like it, you can't live in San Diego without no. like getting outside and and walking and riding human powered everything is it's mm-hmm. it's really cool and it's not that one is good or bad it's just everyone is always just trying to do a little
3: bit better you know, the boathouse is kind of a great symbol for us
0: for just trying to do a little bit better.
3: The yeah, small amount of time amazing. that I have spent down there, I do always hold in the back of my head that of all the districts that we have in Oklahoma City, that one actually kind of is the coolest. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything that you can do down there, and even more so now that the the rapids are open, I mean you've got the zip lines that go across the river. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they have their own events that take place out there. But yeah, you can get involved in the road boats. teams. There's the yeah. dragon boats, yeah. there's it's just, it's beautiful down there. Like, all the architecture is beautiful. Um, it is just an awesome place to go and, and spend some time. And you're right. It, it's actually being involved in something that's yeah. healthy. <laughs> one, of my, one of my favorite stories, it's a very kind of chick place to have a
0: wedding, right? You know, oh, it's a yeah, very absolutely. popular place to have weddings. Uh-huh. But one of my, when I worked down there, one of my favorite things was you'd see a mom and a bride doing a tour of the boathouse. And they would get to that point in the tour, they'd be showing them the event room, the Devon Boathouse. And they would say, uh, now this is a live active boathouse. We don't stop training here just because there's a wedding happening. And then you'll see some of the the rowers walk by, you know, getting ready for practice and mom and the bride look at each other. That won't be a problem.
2: (laughs) problem.
0: But it is kind of cool. The whole idea, but I sort of say that in a little bit of a funny way. But the reality is, as more people have had meetings Mm -hmm. down there, and, and Shanna has integrated this into Leadwell, is that we're not backing away from the little things, the things you see, the things you feel, the things you hear that might be little things that just ring the bell for you and say, I might be able to do just a little bit better. And if you have community and attributes that make you think like that, it begins to get you on a better path.
3: Well, and there's lots of people that have Christmas parties there at the bow houses. And I was at a Christmas party Mm -hmm. event um, either last year or two years ago. And um, walking into the event, everybody sees, you know, where the boats are stored and the paddles and the life jackets and the helmets and stuff that weren't really aware of what's going on in there. And you could tell, you know, people really intrigued yeah. by seeing that there. And, uh, yeah, the more awareness that there is, the more people are involved. Well, you
1: know, and I think... Health is one of those things that's contagious, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, like the minute you know somebody in your office starts eating a little bit healthier, you mm-hmm. you either go hide and eat your lunch somewhere else, <laughs> or you or you start to like maybe slowly pick up on what they're doing, or you slowly ask questions about what they're doing. None of us want it forced at us, right? We don't like the person who's an extremist that comes in and says, "I'm on ABC diet; everybody should be on ABC right. diet." But I think that's what the boathouse symbolizes for me. All that's going on down there is that it gives us a place to show up and peek around and look at different ways that we can engage with health. Because again, if we're not engaging around our health with things that are pleasurable, we're gonna give it up. And so yeah. there's no one bright formula for anybody, but it there's we're creating that community to start that conversation so you can find your formula, right? For for being healthier. And I think the water offers this really beautiful metaphor. You know, I grew up in California near the water, but I was born in the mountains. So I think the water and the mountains kind of do um, yes. do things for me a little bit differently. But I think this metaphor of the water down at the River District, the metaphor of the white water, it's very much part of life. And I think it it just gives us another way of looking at our health, kind of getting in touch with nature too. I know that might sound a little bit out there, but um, Health is a total experience, and it's very much we are creatures of our environment. We're creatures of nature. And so— Well, and
3: I love the correlation of just the the turbulence and change of whitewater rafting and yeah. correlation to turbulence and change in, in life because they really do feel so— Connected.
1: Absolutely. Um, you know how people used to say, "Oh," or P- and people still very much say it. Oh, I need work-life balance. Right. right? Mm-hmm. I really don't think there's a thing. <laughs> you know, yes. I think we have. I and I, you know, many people will disagree with me. I think it's an overused statement. I need work-life balance. Like think outside
3: the box. Right. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Right. And I think we have to what we absolutely need is instead of work-life balance, we have to learn to work with the forces and the tensions of our life. You know, um, one of the programs we have is called Equilibrium. And it's called Equilibrium not because of the primary definition of equilibrium, of balance, but the secondary definition of equilibrium is working with competing forces. And that's what we have to do. We've been preached at work-life balance, work-life balance. No, we have to learn to work with these tensions, with the complexity of our environment. And whitewater is such a cool way to do that.
2: (laughs) So I'm really curious about the last question on this test. Oh, Oh,
3: Which one is that? Blank is recognized as the imbalance or blockages caused by poor habits, stress, negative emotions, and lifestyle choices. So what is that?
2: Why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> I don't want to hear your
3: answer. Do you already know the I answer? Don't know, I don't know the answer.
2: Uh-huh. Um, I honestly have no idea.
3: Blank is recognized
2: depression.
1: It could fit. Yeah. The answer is illness. Illness. Okay. So illness. absolutely depression would fit there. You know, um, a really good friend of mine, um, Dr. Steve Aguilar, he is a physician in San Diego. He'll be with us the day of Leadwell, and he is coming, and he's only going to speak for a short period of time, but Dr. Aguilar is going to say, he. the first thing he talks about is he says, I'm Dr. Aguilar, and I'm part of the problem, and he huh. is making an ex- a very bold statement around this because he has spent his career in the emergency room or emergency department. And he has said, you know, it's just fascinating because he was trained very much as a Western physician, believes very much in Western medicine. But over the course of his career is start to go, wow, you know, the people that he sees in the ER, 75 to 80 percent of people that are coming in there are coming in with lifestyle related issues and illnesses. So things that are treatable with diet, nutrition, exercise, um, challenging yourself to do something different, different, um, working on your relational health, working on your emotional health. Um, so I just think it's really interesting to see it from his perspective too. You know, somebody who very much was trained in one philosophy. Mm-hmm he's beginning to shift and go, wow, this is very much a lifestyle, many lifestyle issues. So illness, it's about another. imbalances and blockages by yeah. poor habits, stress, and negative emotions and lifestyle.
3: And then the true or false touching is an important factor in having a strong immune system. And I would say that is astoundingly 100% true. Yeah. It would have to be. Yeah. Um, that's one of the things that I'll often talk to people about is, are you because, a person that hugs or not?
2: Because that's how you spread disease and therefore boost your immune <laughs> system <laughs> by You're touching right. people. <laughs>
3: it's how you build your immune system <laughs> right. by, sharing. You
1: get by sharing germs.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but that's, you know, I think there was an, something I read the other day that said, um, you know, hugging is one way that releases... Uh, oxytocin. Your, yeah, oxytocin.
1: Woo, you guys are smart.
3: Um, <laughs> so...
1: yeah. You know, I was in Target a couple of months ago, and I um there's a woman and I and we both kept running into each other in, in multiple aisles. It's like I'd go around an aisle, she'd come around an aisle, and our carts would almost hit each other. And I finally just said, you know what? We've run into each other so many times. Why don't we just give each other a hug? And she goes, Okay. And like, I just <laughs> hugged this random stranger. That's yes. Great. I have never done this before. I hugged this it's random a great stranger. Story. And it wasn't even a like, you know, a little What do you call those? Those light fake hugs. It was a full-on embrace. And she bear-hugged me. And (laughs) it was awesome. And she said to me, I just read that hugging releases oxytocin. (laughs) And I said, you're right. So so we went on our way in Target, you know, on this oxytocin high. But you know, hug. You know, obviously, I mean, clearly, hugging strangers releases it, but it sure. also, you know, when we're engaging in touch with our mates and our kids. And well,
3: I almost wonder if, like, hugging a stranger releases it more than hugging somebody that you're familiar with. Oh
1: goodness, you're going <laughs> to take us down. The
3: whole I'm, not, I'm, not, <laughs> so I'm not sure we have. <laughs> that's going to be uh, part two of that's this part episode. Two. Wait, yeah. So that's true.
1: Huh? That's true. Well, let's see. All right. So you've brought up the interesting piece about habits and habituation. So anything we do for long periods of time that become a habit uh. no longer releases the same jolt of dopamine and oxytocin. So it means you need to be touching your partner in different ways, engaging in different ways, and changing it up, honestly. Because if we do too much, too many things for the same period of time, the brain doesn't release the same chemicals. So even even a surprise for your partner, even if we moved past the touching for a moment, Mm -hmm. I think we should have that as a part two to this conversation. (laughs) Um, But even just surprising your partner with something um, out of the blue, and it could be it doesn't even have to be financially driven. You know, making the bed or. Or doing the dishes, or um, buying them their favorite
3: like acts of service something. Or something.
1: Absolutely, like that. Yeah. right. That can also release um, those good chemicals in the same way. It's also
2: a good excuse. I don't do the dishes as frequently as you'd like <laughs> because, because <you're> I'm <laughs> trying to. Because if I do it, make you them. won't appreciate <laughs> it.
0: <laughs> but this I, this idea <laughs> applies to so many things beyond. I mean, just if you go back to the the pursuit of an, an athlete that is doing a, a training, you don't find ways to extend right. push out the boundaries um it, it 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 gets still you you you're not you're not getting better And so it applies to everything and it, you know if uh you know i i kind of went through this i sort of developed you know my little morning routine and then you do it for a while and it, it gets flat okay. and so it's like where does the um where's that sense of push
1: absolutely come from absolutely and
0: what is uh you know in finding that way to pushed and and on any level physically mentally emotionally spiritually i think if you find ways to do that but it's it's a practice and you yeah. got to remind yourself Shaking to, it up. right yeah.
1: yeah
2: so we're gonna have to wrap up okay information about Leadwell. where can we find yeah. more so uh
1: Leadwell, you can go to my website it's drshanna.com backslash events Um, and you'll learn more about LeadWell. Um, So we don't want people, what we're finding about LeadWell in all honesty is people are like, oh, I'm not a leader. Uh, In fact, a friend of mine who is, actually she's a friend of a friend, she's a judge here in town, and she Mm -hmm. said, oh, I can't go, I'm not a leader. And it was like, what yeah. are you talking about? You can't come, yeah. you're not a leader. Um, yeah. And I think it's this this fallacy that I have to have a certain title or a certain position True. or be at a certain place in the hierarchy of an organization. I think more than anything, we want people to know, No, if you are a professional, if you're an individual and you just want to lead your life better, be healthier, lead your life, lead your family, lead your community, and or your business, wherever you are in that, that Mm. you're welcome
3: to come. This is open to everyone.
1: It is open to everyone. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we're having so much fun. The people that have already signed up, they're from all walks of life, all industries. We have some higher ed folks. We have corporate folks. We have people with small businesses. And we have people that are just like, you know, that are just kind of cool people, cool influencers here in, in town that are showing up because they just want to be a part of it.
3: Are you going to be the one on May 20th? Oh, yes. Okay. I would not
0: miss this for okay. the world. And so, and then first of all, I am so excited about just being in the room all day. Uh, I get to, I will be presenting, uh, right. in the dry land portion. And we, we have so many amazing speakers that are coming in for this event. Mm-hmm. I'm, just excited to learn something myself. I just get excited about this. And then my part at the end of the day is we have an option for people to do a 90 minute on river sport rapids in rafts, putting all of these ideas into play while rafting. So this is not just recess. This is a very, uh, it's, it starts with a, uh, with kind of setting a purpose doing a very defined set of exercises on mm-hmm. the water, and then doing an awesome debrief afterwards about what we did and putting all those pieces together that Shanna's going to lead us through throughout the day. I, I, I'm just... That I sounds have,
3: intensely awesome. I <laughs> am so excited
0: about this. And um, and to be able to do this with, with Shanna and the idea is they, they are just... They are so perfectly suited for the Whitewater part. So Mm. people have that option when they sign up for the event. They they can just for um, a small, for really a small premium upgrade, essentially, they do that they get out on the whitewater. We're gonna we're gonna make several runs down the course. Several, and, you should, yeah.
3: Oh
1: absolutely. yeah, this is not one yeah. run.
0: This would be. We're gonna make at least four runs that four four, awesome. four, Looking four, at four the runs down the channel. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah, And then the
1: people who choose not to do whitewater, we want people to know because there might be a few people that are intimidated sure. by that. We have. So that's kind of one leadership lab. The other leadership lab is we have a food as medicine leadership lab where people are going to be able to engage and do a bit of a cooking class. Um, oh, and wow. that will be in partnership with Provision Kitchen wow, and my buddy Scott Shower, who's the executive chef at St. Luke's Church. So together, people are going to have a whole nother experience going on if they choose not to do the whitewater. Nice. Um, and then we're doing another Leadwell later in the year. So if you miss one, you can kind Great. of come back and cycle through. Are there still, August.
2: at the time of this recording at least, are there still spots for May 20th?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, we okay. still have spots. We have a friend
2: people of ours, Jill Castilla, up.
3: is going to be a speaker, I yes, believe.
1: Yes, Jill's going to be with us. She from is such Citizens, an amazing woman. Citizens
2: Bank
3: of Edmond.
1: Absolutely. Jill's going to be with us. Um, I have, I told you, Dr. Aguilar from San mm-hmm. Diego. I have another. Um, Doctor and friend, Dr. Stephen Jones, he'll be with us. Um, A woman in town, Tisha Tate, she's coming and she's going to do kind of a mindfulness uh, segment for us, mindfulness, breathing. Um, Another uh, amazing woman in town, Alexis Persico, she's going to do a little bit of chair yoga for us. So it is a multi-dimensional day that everybody can participate in. Everybody will get little bits of what we offer, uh, um, and hopefully they'll want more.
2: Yeah. Awesome!
3: Well, thank you, thank you, Joe. Thank you,
1: Shannon. Yeah, thank you, guys. This uh, has been a lot of fun. We listen We're to awesome. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you.
3: All right. We'll see you next week.
2: You've been listening to the Wafty Show with Stephen, Aaron, and John. As always, we need to thank Joshua Path for the use of our theme song, Cement Truck, off the album Between Heaven and Jonestown, recorded by the magnificent Kurt PR. Kurt's Kurt's awesome. That is available on iTunes, CD Baby, and anywhere the internet can be found. Remember, as you go out
3: to visit our local places and events, make sure you take care of those who take care of you.
2: Tip your waiters, waitresses, bartenders, musicians, and artists. They're out there working hard for you. We come out with a new episode every Monday. You can find us on iTunes by searching We Apologize for the Inconvenience or you can subscribe, rate, and comment. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Wachty Show. Facebook.com slash Show. We'll see you next week.
3: I'll be free, yeah. You get the whiskey, baby. Get the wine now, baby. When I'm stuck here.